Hello, Cyberpunks. I'm your host, Brendan Lupus Damon Sandifer, and welcome to our Cyberpunk podcast where we discuss various cyberpunk media. With me today, we have Barry. Hello. Gren. Hi. And Sammy. Hello. We may have more joining in just a bit, but for right now, it is just the three of us. Four of us. Uh, Excuse me? I'm a person too. (laughs) No, I wasn't counting myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our roof is being reshingled. And that's probably what that is. Anyway, today we're discussing Total Recall, the 1990 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, it had a budget of $65 million and made $261.3 million at the box office, mm. which is a little over four times the budget. So it kind of broke even. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Because that, that's like it the was a, minimum amount of profit for most Hollywood movies. If it doesn't make like three, four times, then it's like, ooh, that was almost a loss. It was considered a blockbuster. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Paul Verhoeven and was uh, based on We Can Remember It For You Wholesale by Philip K. Dick. Mm. And for those curious, this film has a body count of 77 people. Ooh, that's that's uh, almost one a minute. Yes. Almost one a million. As always, please go uh, support the people that made this film by watching it if you haven't. It is currently on Netflix. Uh, we're entering spoiler territory, so Barry put that Already spoiler up there. Warning. Because just knowing the topic, I know this is spoiler-heavy territory. So if you don't want this 25-year-old movie spoiled for you, then don't listen. Besides, it's been 25 years. You really have no excuse. I was about to say, the better question is, after 25 years, how have you not seen this movie? It's actually been 31. 31? Wait, what year? Interesting. Uh, 90. Oh, 90? 31 years, yeah. It's over 30 years. If you haven't seen this, I mean, you deserve spoilers. <laughs> like, seriously. I've All seen right. it so many times. <laughs> so, in 2084, construction worker Douglas Quaid is having troubling dreams about Mars and a mysterious woman there. His wife, Lori, is dismissive of Mars, where the governor, Vilos Cohagen, uh, or Vilos, I forget how they pronounce it, is fighting a rebellion. Quaid visits Recall, a company that implants false memories of vacations, and chooses a trip to Mars as a secret agent. However, the procedure goes wrong because Quaid has suppressed memories of actually being a secret agent on Mars. The Recall employees sedate him, wipe his memory of the visit, and send him home. On the way... Uh, on the way, Quaid is attacked by his worker or his work colleague Harry and other men, and is forced to kill them. At home, Laurie attacks him, stating that their marriage is a false memory implant, and that the agency sent her to monitor Quaid. Quaid incapacitates Laurie and runs off, pursued, uh, pursued by armed men led by Richter, Cohagen's operative, and Laurie's real husband. 
or Richter. Now, I've half these names I pronounce weird. Um, after evading his attacks, attackers, Quaid is given a suitcase containing money, gadgets, fake IDs, and video recording, or and a video recording, in which Quaid identifies himself as Hauser and uh, explains that he used to work for Cohagen, but switched sides after learning about an uh, alien artifact on Mars, undergoing the memory wipe to protect himself. Hauser instructs Quaid to remove a tracking device located inside his skull and orders him to go to Mars. On arrival, Quaid finds a note from Hauser directing him to Venusville, a red-light district populated by people mutated as a result of poor radiation shielding. He meets Benny, a taxi driver, and Melinda, the woman from his dreams, before she spurns him, believing that he is still working for Cohagen. Quaid later encounters recalls Dr. Edgemar and Lori. Edgemar states that due to a schizoid embolism, which, by the way, there is no such thing as a schizoid embolism. Uh, Quaid is trapped in a fantasy from the implanted memories. He had himself and Lori inserted into the fantasy and offers a pill that will signal Quaid to wake up. Seeing Edgemar sweating, Quaid realizes he's real and kills him. Richter's men burst into the the room and capture Quaid, but Melina arrives and attacks the men. Quaid kills Lori and escapes with Melina. They flee to Venusville with Benny and are ushered into a secret tunnel. Unable to locate Quaid, Cohagen shuts down the area's ventilation, slowly asphyxiating everyone. Quaid, Molina, and Benny are taken to a rebel base where Quaid is introduced to their leader, the mutant Quato. Or Quatu, again, weird names. Who's con- uh, conjoined to his brother George. Quatu reads Quaid's mind, recalling a discussion with Cohagen and Richter about the Martian artifact and its purpose. Cohagen's forces burst in and kill most of the we- rebels. Quaid, George slash Quatu, Melina and Benny escape to an airlock, but shockingly, Benny kills George and reveals his alliance with Cohagen. Uh, before dying, Quatu implores Quaid to activate the alien reactor. Quaid and Melina are taken to Cohagen, who plays another video, in which Hauser explains that the Quaid persona was a ploy to fool the mutant's psychic abilities infiltrate the mutants, and expose Quatu, thereby wiping out the rebellion. Cohagen orders Quaid reprogrammed with Hauser's memories and Melina reprogrammed as his obedient babe, but they escape into the mines where the reactor is located. Benny attacks them in an excavation machine, but Quaid kills him. I would like to point out that Quaid kills him with a drill. Uh, Quaid and Melina then outwit and kill Richter and his men, laying in ambush for them. <clears throat> Quaid reaches the reactor control room where Cohagen is waiting with a bomb. 
claiming that starting the reactor will destroy them all. Molina arrives and shoots Kohagen, but he starts the bomb timer. Quaid throws the bomb down a tunnel, leading to an explosive decompression. Quaid pushes Kohagen aside, blowing him out onto the Martian surface where he suffocates and dies. Quaid manages to activate the reactor before he and Molina are also blown out. Uh, the reactor rods deploy, sublimating the Turbinium Glacier underneath and releasing gas, which bursts to the surface and forms a breathable planetary atmosphere. Quaid and Molina manage to survive their brief decompression. With the new breathable atmosphere, Venusville and the rest of the Mars population are saved. As everyone beholds the newly blue sky, Quaid momentarily pauses to wonder whether he's dreaming or not before turning to kiss Molina. Now for the fun facts. And if oh, uh, you don't cover it, I've got a couple of trivia things myself about this movie. All right. So after seeing Sharon Stone's performance as Laurie in this movie, director Paul Verhoeven would cast her in the movie Basic Instinct. Due to her ability to play a character that could change from a timid, charming sweetheart to a diabolical person and back again mm. at a moment's notice. Yes. He also stated that this is the way Sharon Stone is in real life. <laughs> uh, this was one of the last major Hollywood blockbusters to make lar uh, large-scale use of miniature effects as opposed to CGI. Mm. It was also one of the first major Hollywood blockbusters to use CGI, oh. mainly for the scenes that involved the X-ray scanner mm. and have it look photoreal. Yeah, those are pretty good uh, effects on the x-ray stuff. Hello, Randy. We just got through the plot line, and we're on the fun fact. Yes. I figured from what I heard. Um, so, Coca-Cola is the only advertised soft drink we see on Earth, and on Mars we see ads for Pepsi. Ah. <laughs> that's that's really how they managed to get both as sponsors? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, on three separate occasions, if you pay close attention, various characters give away the ending of the movie. Mm. The first time is when Bob McClane pitches the secret agent ego trip to Quaid. <laughs> yeah. He tells him that by the time his trip is over, he'll get the girl, kill the bad guys, and save the entire planet. Yay! Uh, Disney the Syndrome. second time is when Dr. When Dr. Lowell tosses Ernie a computer chip. He looks at it and says, that's a new one. Blue sky on Mars. <laughs> and the third is when Quaid threatens to shoot Dr. Edgemar in the Hilton suite. Edgemar mm. describes the events that will happen almost verbatim throughout the rest of the movie. <laughs> uh, this one isn't necessarily uh, as much trivia as it is a little blooper that even I noticed when I was watching well, this movie. Hmm. On that last one really quick, I always thought that was just mentioned for you to question rather whether what was going on was real or in Quaid's head. So. Yes. It very well could have been. Uh, but when Quaid kills Laurie with a pistol, you hear one shot but see two wounds. Mm. One in the chest and another in the head just above the eyes. Mm. Implying um, maybe there is a second silence shooter 
or something. Or maybe or they did multiple takes. And... <laughs> <laughs> Forgot um, to edit one out. Yeah. So the first name of the author is of the original story, Philip K. Dick, is misspelled in the credits mm. with an extra L. Hmm. Uh, throughout, uh, through the location of this, or though the location of the city which Quaid lives in and works in is not revealed, the phone number featured in the recall ad he sees in the subway is nine one five 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 six three eight six, and then the extension would be twenty one. Nine one five. Yes, the area code nine one five suggests the movie is set somewhere in western Texas, possibly mm. El Paso. All right. This this is later confirmed if you look carefully at one of Quaid's fake IDs that he pulls out of the suitcase oh. inside the old cement factory. Okay. Which lists him as James D. Brudebaker of El Paso. Mm. However, the 915 area code was split in 2003 to create 325 and 432, which mm. covers between El Paso and Fort Worth. So it could have also been Abilene, San Angeli, uh, San Angelo, or San Antonio. <coughs> no, it they, couldn't because the movie was made in 1990. I was going to say, they wouldn't have been aware of that fact in 1990. No, I know. It's just... Uh, Weird how that happened. Mm. And then in Die Hard, uh, John McClane arrives at Nakatomi Tower mm. and uses a computerized touchscreen to find his wife. Mm. When Quaid first arrives at the recall building, he uses a computerized touchscreen directory to find Mr. McClane. Mm. Barry, you said you had a couple... Yes, uh, since you didn't cover these two, it's things that were inspired by Total Recall. Like, one of them was, uh, if you remember the uh, con artist Jasmine Tridevil, as the name she went by, because she was someone out of, I believe, Florida, and she had a prosthetic center breast in addition to her natural two. Yes. And she was claiming how yeah, that, that was natural, but no, no, fake. Well, and then there was uh, the woman that actually played that character, yeah. which I didn't want to necessarily get into this fast, fast or this uh, trivia. But um, she absolutely hated the, mm. the role and refused to even go on to like the Johnny Carson show and talk about the movie. Uh. Because of the character, she absolutely hated having to expose herself, even though none of her actual stuff was showing. Mm, Okay. I'm guessing that everything that was on display was prosthetic. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, and that was pretty much all she did anyway, so... Yeah. And another bit of trivia is... um, 
I uh, actually, after I started recording this very episode, did a search for um, Total Recall South Park because I was looking for if there was a character name for the uh, girl at the end of the Aspen episode. And, and the first results I got were for this entirely different episode in 2014 that I have not seen. So there's apparently one with a VR headset that is more centered around um, Total Recall references. But since I have not seen that, that's all I will say about that one. The Aspen episode, um, there it was about this ski contest, and the girl at the end uh, says, yeah, the uh, other guy, the um, elitist douche nozzle, really flipped when he saw these. She lifts her shirt, and uh, one of them says, Quaid, and th- her other breast says, start the reactor. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, stuff inspired by the movie, not exactly anything directly from the movie itself, but it's still a reference, so, you know. Speaking of references, there was one that I caught on the, on the, uh, on the rewatch of this, and I don't know if you con- if you uh, listed this in Fun Facts, um, but the guy at Total, at, at Recall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Peachy, when, uh, when pitching the ego trip to Quaid? Uh, yes. quotes Buckaroo Banzai. Ah, I did not. Yeah, he count. He says, "What's the problem with that? No matter where you go, there you are." <laughs> and that's a very popular quote from Buckaroo Banzai. Good to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, is it cyberpunk? Um. Gonna, oh, hello, Wes. I didn't see you pop in. Hey. Yes, Randy and Wes have joined. Okay. Is it cyberpunk? Is it cyberpunk? Is it sci-fi? Yes. Is it cyberpunk? Let's look at the definition of cyberpunk itself. Okay, give me a moment. I'll pull that up for you. If if uh, while they're doing that, I'm going to interject. I think at least it's enough to count as cyberpunk adjacent. Mm. I agree with that sentiment. Alright. Cyberpunk is defined as a subgenre of science fiction set in a dystopian futuristic setting. Alright. I would say dystopian futuristic, yes. I would say more specifically set in a lawless subculture of an oppressive society dominated by computer technology. Lawless, yes. Oppressive, yes. D- dominated by computer technology and total recall. Uh, yes. Mm. That's, that's quite a bit, yes. <laughs> the thing is, total recall neither has the cyber nor the punk. It has like every other element of cyberpunk, but in no place do you see over the top cybernetics. Except for one tracking implant and the fact that they're messing with their memory, which seems to be more about rewriting your brain rather than implanting cybernetics. Mm. Mm. But nor does it have the punk as last I checked, plaid was not considered punk. <laughs> and that seemed to be almost the uniform of the day. <laughs> plaid dress shirts. 
um, um, work shirts. It was all pretty much common wear. Yeah. Actually, there is a lot of punk attire that incorporates plaid. In the way that they're wearing it in the show? Work shirts. Nah. Not, I mean, if you take a look at our main character, Quaid, he's basically wearing a plaid shirt over a t shirt. (laughs) In the same way that everybody else in the fucking 1990s was. Including myself, I I will admit. Uh, I can say I safe. I can safely say I was not. But I, again, I was only like six by the or five by the time the nineties were finishing. Mm. <laughs> so I will, I will say that it seems like it is cyberpunk adjacent, at the very least, because of the fact that it does. It doesn't seem like. You're fighting a man or fighting corporations as much as you would in, like, let's say, the Cyberpunk tabletop games in Cyberpunk 2077, or let's say in the Blade Runner. And it's not like so much the uh, what's going on. Right. Uh, so, if I'm correct, Wes is saying, no, it's not cyberpunk, but it's cyberpunk adjacent. Barry, you said no? Um, yes. I don't know. I, th- I think it's everything but cyberpunk. It's definitely, like, all the other boxes are ticked, but the exact cyberpunk box? Nah, not quite. Alright. So, cyberpunk adjacent, then. Yeah. Randy. Yes. Is it cyberpunk? No, it has elements of it, but it doesn't quite. It, it's like square peg round hole. <laughs> um. Or square future. I mean, alternatively, square peg rectangle hole. <laughs> <laughs> it fits, <laughs> but it just doesn't fit well. Yeah, it's missing. It's missing a certain something that would make it cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Like it, it fits the definition of cyberpunk, but it's missing, as you said, both the cyber and mm-hmm. the punk. It's like if they had worked a little harder. They could have made it cyberpunk if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yes. But instead, they went the exact opposite way and tried to make it as close to today as possible while keeping it science fiction. Yeah. I mean, um, I was watching even like the scenes where they were at the construction site. And other than making it look slightly futuristic in design, no, they're still using freaking air hammers. <laughs> and that's still a backhoe. Yeah. So, and I mean, even when he's like making breakfast, he's using items that I that I could order off of Amazon right now and had been available basically in the same time frame. Yeah. Small portable uh, portable blender, stirrer thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And need, need I point out that 
when it comes to uh, cyberpunking, like kitchen utensils, like eating utensils, what you're gonna cook with, what, uh, what you're gonna be cooking over, um, and the it's thing not is actually hard look, to cyberpunk a stove. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like it's not hard, but it's gonna it's still gonna be a stove. It's still gonna be recognizably a stove. Yes, and the fridge really will be a fridge. And... And, and it's also a case of you can't really cyberpunk a fork and a knife. <laughs> I, I, I I beg to differ. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a case of like, oh, what are you gonna do? Make it into a hard light holographic uh, uh, fork and knife utensil. <laughs> What? I mean, what are you gonna do? Have the fork and knife come out of your hand? I mean, well, yeah, but still a fork and a knife. <laughs> that that that's that's how Inspector Gadget eats breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um... And, and and the other and another point is like, okay, so uh, when you need to build stuff on hard land, what are you going to use to? Uh, Till up and dig up the land. What are you going robots. to do? Robots. Robots. Yeah, but uh, but even then, the robots are going to have to be built uh, for specialization for construction, and that's going to mean there's going they are going to have things like a uh, backhoe arm, and <laughs> there's going to be stuff that will basically be. Those uh, cranes and everything. There's still the stuff that we use today, while probably being more compact and everything, will very likely end up being specialized into a robotic frame or be uh, specialized into a uh, hovercraft variant. And this was neither. This was an air hammer with a with a. With the with the air hammer part on one end and Arnold Schwarzenegger on the other. <laughs> also, there are certain things where um, refining the design and making it better, like even with hundreds of years of uh, moving forward, there's not much improvement that can be done with like those big cranes. They literally build themselves up. Because what else is going to make them? like build them up that big the, there's a video I've seen on YouTube of how those cranes add levels to increase their own height and it is fascinating yeah right, but this so. was obviously a backhoe because you could see where the guy that runs the backhoe sits yeah and so, while we're taking Randy, issues with stuff in the movie, I have one other question. The iceberg that got sublimated, where exactly was that? Was that under the city? Because if they sublimated all that ice in the gas... It, it was supposed to be the core of the planet, which I have separate issues with, but that's not... Is it cyberpunk? Mm. It's one of the... Can one of the things I have an issue with. Are you moving your microphone away from you? Because you're getting no. Really quiet. No, it's the fact that 
always suppressions trying to block out the person on our deck who's blowing like a leaf blower. Oh. So I'll say it in a moment. Continue. Randy, you were saying? Um, it's just the fact that, well, like I was telling Barry, that was that's neither here nor there. But um, with the question of is it cyberpunk, um, there's just some the directors could have made it look cyberpunk, and they chose to make it pretty much every day. Mm, yeah. Um, the uh, um. Going through the subway uh, looked like freaking uh, airport terminals that I've been through yeah. um, going cross country. So nothing really special there. Mm -hmm. I mean, the scanner scene is one of the things that hits me as being cyberpunk mm -hmm. it, or damn close to it. Um. The video ads on the subway, I would have thought were getting close to cyberpunk in the day. I don't think so anymore because I see those <laughs> kind of stuff all over the place now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then you get to Mars and everything is, you know, there's, there's the Venusville, which is all neon, but uh, that's just a red light district. Mm -hmm. So... And then, as mentioned before, the woman with the middle breast. I mean, that could, that's more from Cyberpunk, the RPG, where you can get exotic body changes. But, yeah. I didn't check that for Siege, though. I uh, think it might have also been a top of the hat to a character from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but hmm. I think that's about it. Okay, I think but, they stopped. So, um... Before they tried to start up again, uh, I wanted to say that one of my biggest issues with the movie, and I'm sorry to have interrupted, but uh, one of my biggest issues with, with the movie is their heads explode rather mm. than implode. Yeah. In the right, vacuum, like, uh, state of the of Mars because there's so little atmosphere, their faces will have actually imploded rather than expanded outwards um, and exploded. Actually, bit of actual science here. Uh, when the human biology, skin, muscle, etc. is void of oxygen, it actually expands. Mm -hmm. And that would cause it to explode. Yeah. But, I'm um, still, I'm still sure it didn't look as ridiculous as, as what we saw. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like that. But um, if you had about only a quarter of the amount of oxygen you did in this atmosphere, your body would probably be about twice as big because all of the muscle skin can expand to about twice as much. Also, with that the little full, atmosphere, the uh, temperature would also be a lot lower, and the body would almost instantly freeze. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> one of my major issues about this movie, is the lack of hard science that makes any sense. Yeah. Mind you, this movie's still a guilty pleasure, because I love it for the action movie it is. But yeah. For when it was made... 
which we now know is 1990, we only 25. It's 30 freaking one years old now. Yeah. And it's a bloody yeah. good action movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, I've watched it probably about a million times, but, and it's probably one of my top three Schwarzenegger films that, uh, no, it's in my top three Schwarzenegger films. I hope the other is Jingle All the Way. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I like Big Gun, but I like it, ACDC, it, it, so, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like Conan Terminator in this. Wait, not okay. Big Gun. Last Action Hero. That's the one. I've so, never watched that one. I like it. So, trying to stay on topic here. Yeah. Um, Randy, you say no. No, it's like I said, it's almost like they tried to avoid going into that cyberpunk niche. Um, it's it's like they steered that way and then deliberately veered away. <laughs> would you Would you call it cyberpunk adjacent? I would think of it more of cyberpunk elements. I mean, you know, you've got things like the scanner. You've got Johnny Cab. I love Johnny Cab, by the way, <laughs> um, which make it have that feel. But it's just not coming all the way. To it just gotcha. doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't go all the way. Uh, Sammy, what are your thoughts? I think we're pretty unanim- unanimously agreed that it's missing too many elements to be considered cyberpunk. Mm. Was it on its way to being cyberpunk? Yes. It definitely has quite a few elements. I won't say a lot, but quite a few which make it fall into the definition of cyberpunk. But is it cyberpunk for the third time? it, it, It falls into the definition but it's missing the cyber and the punk. Right. So, Graham, did, did you have anything to add? I'll take that as a no. I, <laughs> um, I mean, the lack of unmuting. So, then we move on to... Then we move on to uh, what's it add to the genre. Now... You mentioned Johnny Cab, and my brain, I always end up now that I've played 2077, I always go back to Delmain. <laughs> Recall did it first. Yeah. No, I agree. Recall did it first. But I'm saying, yeah. it, even though it's not technically cyberpunk, it has affected the cyberpunk genre. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I... I will admit, in some of my cyberpunk campaigns, I have liberally lifted Johnny Cab because I <laughs> thought it was a freaking kick-ass idea. And now they actually have that, and I think even Red has it. Red, Red has Red Cab, but I thought those were still had drivers. Mm. I don't quite remember. It's almost like uh, Paul decided, hey, look where we're going. We're going towards Cyberpunk land. I've got a couple ideas. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, by the way, now that we're almost here, hard left. 
That's kind of what I said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the whole the whole tracker scene was a bit cyberpunk too, but it was it was almost played by the end of it more comedically than anything else. Mm. Almost like cyberpunk parody, if you would. Yeah. All right. So, um, did it really add much else than just Johnny Cab slash Delmain, though? Uh, hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure in Cyberpunk 2020, there was a thing that they eventually released in one of the later Chromebooks called the Arasaka Stand. Um, which was, I'm pretty sure, was the damn uh, gun scanner from Total Recall. Uh, um, but I think those were like the only two things. I mean, it's probably added a little thing here or there. It hasn't really added much to the genre because, I mean, it, it doesn't really fall into the genre. Genre. But... Uh, I mean, it was a good movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm not arguing that one. It was a good movie. It probably picked up a thing here or there that, you know, it hasn't really been noticed. Mm. But, I mean, not everything that is cyberpunk adds to the genre. It just mainly follows the genre so i don't know for when it was made it feels like it should have added more than what it has yeah. Yeah. agreed but what it has added to the genre i feel affects it in a pretty big way really why well think about it the way we're heading right now as a society is towards the self-driving vehicles. And the next step from there would be robot or AI driven vehicles. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that'd be a step backwards. Why would you add a driver? AI, same thing. <laughs> because technically the car is driving itself. Mm -hmm. So you're still adding a driver. It's just the vehicle that's doing it. Yeah, so why take a step backwards and now add a physical thing to the driver's seat? I mean, I did say or AI. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to go that way, you could say that's been going on since nineteen eighty Night Rider. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, Night Rider is a AI controlled car which can move and do everything itself. All right, so I do, uh, if no one else has anything to discuss on what Total Recall added to the genre, I do have a request that we spend the last couple minutes here uh, as a little bonus talking about our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies because who knows when we're going to get this chance again. Ah. 
Um, so I'm going to go down the line here. I'm going to start with Grim, assuming he's still here. Zion. Okay. Who, uh, uh, what, what are your, let's just do top, what, two or three yeah. favorite, let's do top three favorite uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Top three favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Um, Terminator, the original. Mm. Uh, Are you just looking up a list? Of- recall, <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of a third one right now. Um, Please don't say Rambo. No. <laughs> That's not even I mean, Schwarzenegger. I know, but I know some people that would yeah, say it's Rambo. Yeah, I mean, some people would say that. <laughs> but they wrong. <laughs> oh, why is that damn movie? I have no idea. I can't read uh, your mind. You are twins, though. You should have go, England. Go to the go to the next person. I'm going to go ahead and look that that third one. Barry. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I like Last Action Hero. Matter of fact, there's um. A uh, Terminator skin in Mortal Kombat 11 with a red Mortal Kombat shirt, and I named it Jack Slater because I like Last Action Hero enough because of the ACDC soundtrack. It also has several interesting moments in it, like for instance, I'm here and I'm evil, I'm, I'm going to take over the world, and some idiots just like, shut up, it's three in the morning! Because he's just like, oh my gosh, this is real life not in the movie anymore. Ooh. So, you know, other stuff like that, um, which, yeah, it's kind of a spoiler for Last Action Hero, but it doesn't spoil a major plot moment. So, besides, that okay, movie came so out long Last enough ago. Last Action Heroes 1. Um, I do also what like Terminator. Um, that was a good one. But I... I mean, I like the first two Terminator movies, but I, I count that as one because one franchise. I also think Predator is a very good early Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Did you I forget he was in Predator? Predator. I did not forget Predator. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> no. Predator. Well, okay. Oh. I, I, I will Predator? admit, I have watched Terminator say, a million times. I have watched this a million times. I have seen Predator maybe three times. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with my original choice of a racer. A racer. Uh, all mm-hmm. right. Uh, Wes, what are your top three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies? Um, I'm going to have to say the original Total Recall, uh, Predator, and um, uh, Terminator as a series. Mm. All right. Um, my top three would be Terminator 2, specifically Terminator 2, because ah. I like the liquid metal Terminator. Yes. Uh, um, obviously Total Recall would have to be on that list. Mm-hmm. And then I got a good Predator. Mm-hmm. Love that creepy alien. Hell yeah. Randy? All right, so... Number 
for one on mine is Conan the Barbarian. Of course. Um, number two, I actually think I like Terminator 2 better than I like regular Terminator. Mm, agreed. But, and then number three is Total Recall. All right. Mm. And last but not least, Sammy. Um, I'm just going to say the Terminator series because of the first three films, I like all three. They all add something different. The second one has the liquid Terminator. It also has the boy. He was quite a good actor for his age, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Terminator is a series. Good series. Agreed. Uh, then I actually prefer some of his comedies over his action films. Everyone likes his action films, right? You can't beat a good Arnold Schwarzenegger action film like The Last Stand, or Sabotage, or, um, you know, any of those. Mm. But... I will say Total Recall. Total Recall is definitely in my top three. I do love Total Recall. But I'm going to add Twins to the mix. I oh, loved Twins. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a good one. Oh. That was a good Wasn't movie. Wasn't that where, what was it, Danny DeVito was his yep. twin or something like that? Uh-huh. Yeah, basically, they were born through science, and one was a Mega Man and one was shit left. <laughs> <laughs> you could guess which was which. <laughs> yeah. So, DeVito is a mega match. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Barry, where can we find you? Oh, um, you can find me at KHZHAK on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I don't make much content myself, but if you look in the related channels and who I'm hosting on Twitch, you can find uh, other stuff I'm involved in or my friends if I'm not directly involved with what they have on their channels. Uh, also, there's D&D games and uh, MMOs and other stuff. Um so uh, there's those, and most of what I uh, retweet and like on my Twitter is safe for work because I try to keep it that way, but my pin tweet is not. Who's next? Randy. All right. You can find me Wednesday nights at 10-ish p.m. for an unearthly podcast where myself and three other people basically talk Doctor Who, news, and review episodes. This season, we're trying to finish uh, reviewing the seventh Doctor and the eleventh Doctor. Cool. So um, you can find this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch by searching Gen Cyberpunk Pod. Uh, our YouTube channel is Generation Cyberpunk, and we have a Red Bubble where you can get an awesome Generation Cyberpunk face mask. Just search Gin Cyberpunk Pod. Um, if you want to hear more from our group, please check out the Thanks for Nothing podcast on the FML Productions YouTube channel. We also do various D&D campaigns on that channel and are in the process of making an animation, part of which will be Cyberpunk. Um, if you want to donate, we do have a co- coffee link in the description of the Thanks for Nothing podcast. Donations are welcome, but not necessary by any means next week we do uh we cover deus x the video game series featuring adam jensen Mm. until then 
Oh, uh, hold on. There's uh, another side note I have. Like, for instance, Boom Nitro's YouTube channel has the game he runs with several of the people in this voice chat. Yes. But anyway, until then, we will see you later, Cyberpunks. Bye-bye.